Welcome back to this episode of the Live Revise podcast. I am your host, Christy Browning. And today we're going to talk about trust. That's kind of a loaded topic. (laughs) But if you've been in a situation where there's hurt or pain, or maybe you just kind of got bumped around and you're feeling a little raw or bruised, sometimes trust can be a real sticking point. I've recently learned a lot about how trust impacts me and my personality type, which I will share with you in this episode, but I'm ready to dive in because I think it's something we can grow on, expand on, and learn from. How do we rebuild trust? How do we learn to trust again? Well, it always is that moment when you're a kid. There's always that one scenario that kind of lets all the dominoes fall. It's the first time you tell a lie to your parents. We've all done it. Um, Whether that's about grades in school, something that got broken in your house, something that you did that you shouldn't have done, you went somewhere you shouldn't have been, um, you've done something horrible and mean to your sibling. Like we all know that moment where we've, uh, we've shaded the truth. We've told a fib. We lied about something to try to save us the pain of punishment, uh, with our parents. And I was no different. I totally remember those moments, several of them actually that stick out in my mind. And I remember one point I was a little bit older. I I probably was uh, late elementary school, early middle school, um, something happening and me not being honest and truthful about it with my parents. And I remember being punished for it. I probably got grounded. But what I most remember is my dad telling me that I had broken his trust and that it would take a little bit to earn that trust back. And we all know what it what it means to us when someone says that. We also probably know what it means to feel that. If you're on the other end of it, you know what it's like when someone's broken your trust. And as much as we want to just ask for forgiveness and promise to never do it again and everything be the same and go back to the way it was, it, it just doesn't work that way, especially the older you get and the bigger the trust breaking gets. That is hard to move past, especially if you need to repair the relationship with that person. But beyond that, even if that person isn't in the picture anymore, sometimes when a trust is broken, the pain of that filters out into other relationships, maybe to people that weren't even in the picture at the time that particular trust breaking incident happened, but yet you still feel the effects of it and you kind of carry that into your other relationships or your other scenarios. I found out through studying the Enneagram that I am three. And in studying what three means in the Enneagram, I found out that it's natural for me to have some trust issues. (laughs) Uh, I learned a lot about myself uh, when I studied the Enneagram. So if you don't know what the Enneagram is, uh, it is a tool that you can use to not only understand yourself, but understand others. And not so much their behaviors, but their motives. Uh, What motivates them to respond or act or say in a certain way. And there's nine different points in the Enneagram. So, you know, they identify them by numbers. So you might be a three. My husband's a five. My sister's a six. One of my good friends is a two. And once you know kind of what it means in those numbers, uh, you find yourself 
relating to that. Like, oh, that's totally me as a three. And that's how it was for me. I read and studied what it meant to be a three. And I found through that study that threes have a hard time trusting people because as a three, the one thing we're trying to avoid is failure or mistakes. We want to be overachievers. We kind of drive for perfection. We want to be ambitious. We want to see, be seen as competent, successful, got it together people. So the last thing we want is a mistake or a failure on our record. And so we will do all that we can to avoid that. And trust becomes a problem because we don't know if we can trust someone to be real, to say, I have these mistakes. I have these failures. Don't judge me. Love me, even though I have these mistakes and failures. And even though logically we know that we all have mistakes and failures, none of us are perfect. There's just something wired in us that as a three makes me want to avoid having to tell somebody that I made a mistake or tell somebody that I'm a failure or I have dropped the ball or not done something to the, to the capacity I wanted to. And there's some trust issues there. Now, if you know that that's how you're wired and you may be wired differently. So I'm just using myself as an example, but let's say that you know, that's how you're wired Plus, you have some life circumstances that have heightened that trust issue. You could be in a world of trouble. (laughs) And I totally know that feeling. I feel like I experienced more trust issues after my divorce and having gone through my divorce, which could have very easily challenged and ruined my now marriage to my husband, Matt, And I have a lot of people ask me, like, how did you become okay? Like, how did you get okay with being married again in a relationship again? And, you know, does your previous relationships cause a lot of problems or show up a lot? Uh, You know, how do you get past that? And that's a loaded question in and of itself. I feel like it's something that we probably work on a lot every day, even though a lot of that probably is subconsciously that we're working on that. But there are definitely moments that I have to have a conversation with myself in my head to remind myself that this scenario, while some of the circumstances may be the same, it is not the same as what it was before. And I can trust Matt and I can know that he's um, there for me and loves me regardless, regardless of what we're looking at. So how do you reinstate trust? We know what it feels like to have it broken. We know what it feels like to be on both ends of that breaking. We know how we can carry that with us into the future, into other relationships. So we know that that's the easy part. We can identify that. We know that it's happened. We can call it out, but how do we heal and move? One of the things that I think we do real well is no matter who you are and what Enneagram number you may be, I think that we know how to let a wound scab over and move on. And we think, we think we've healed. And then something comes along and jars us loose and breaks that scab. And we find the wound underneath the the scab is, is still very much there. It hasn't really healed. And we kind of start that healing process all over again. So I think it's first important to realize there's a difference between healing and just kind of scabbing over. Sorry if that's graphic and gross, but it's a pretty good analogy, don't you think? Like that is sometimes how we operate. And I can see that sometimes in myself. I can see that in other people too, where it's like 
massive pain and hurt and mistrust has been dealt to them. And they kind of have this defiant, strong, uh, don't tell me I can't attitude, kind of aggressive. And it's because they've scabbed over and they just kind of wear that as a war wound and move on. But there's really not been healing there because the next time you bump up against them the wrong way and that breaks open, like you see, you see all of the icky that comes with that, the baggage that comes with that wound that hasn't healed. So I think first and foremost, we have to stand back and say, you know, is this really healing or is this just kind of like scabbing over? Am I really dealing with this and allowing time for it to heal correctly? Or am I just slapping a bandaid on it and hoping for the best? Uh, And it can be hard to make yourself want to leave that wound exposed long enough to heal it correctly. It's challenging. A lot of times you may be dealing with hurt and memories or people or circumstances that are not fun, that are not what you want to talk about or deal with, but it's important in order to really heal. When I I have gone to counseling myself and I know people who have and they share those experiences, a lot of times uh, I hear the comment made, all I do is show up and talk about stuff and they listen. But there's something really powerful in that talking because it does help kind of flush out your heart and your thoughts and the things that you're up against. And it's almost like cleaning out or flushing out a wound. You're kind of pulling out all of those, um, you know, all of the infection, if you will, or all of the grit or all the things that just make that even hurt more so that then it can be a clean heal. And we can't lock everything inside of us and expect that it's going to be a clean heal. We need to be able to recognize the difference between really healing, throwing a Band-Aid over it. We also need to recognize when we need to create that cleansing, flushing part of us that kind of flushes out the bitterness and the hatred and the hurt and um, maybe even some of the fear, some of the doubt. That flushing process allows then for a clean wound to really heal the right way. So going to a therapist or a counselor is really great. I know there's a lot of stereotype that comes with that. And maybe that's not as much as it used to be, but we tend to sort of have shame around going and seeking help, but that's what they're there for. And whether you find that person through um, your doctor, your family doctor, or someone recommends someone to you, or you find someone in your church or in your circle of influence, finding someone that becomes that safe place to talk things out, to really flush out some of that, that, that can be really invaluable. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you need that. Some other things that can go along with that is journaling. Y'all know I'm a big fan of this. And that's part of that flushing process because you can write out emotions and feelings. Uh, You can express some of that and get it out of view and onto paper. That might look like drawing or sketching for you. If you're that type of person, maybe it's, um, maybe you flush and process some of that by exercising or going for walks. Maybe it's music, maybe it's dance. We all have a myriad of ways that we can kind of have that emotional expression, but it's important for us to have it so that we can find that clean place to heal, that safe place to heal and heal properly. For me, I think part of the trust rebuilding, once that wound is healed and has started to heal, 
then I can start building on that. I can start creating trust again. And doing that for me was really a slow process in the fact that I didn't flip a switch and say, okay, now I'm ready. Now I'm ready to go. I really needed to sit with that. And there was a time period in uh, my life before, after my divorce and before I met Matt, that I was alone. I was single and I was in my apartment by myself. All I did was really work and come home and get up and work and then come home. And I didn't really have a lot of extra activities. And that was okay because being by myself allowed me to have that time to flush things, to think through things, to process things, to heal. But when I was ready to move out from that, ready to kind of start experiencing a relationship or having trust again, it became a conscientious effort in moments to say, this is not the same person. This is not the same scenario. Or am I walking into the same scenario? Am I falling into a, a communication and connection with someone that is the same person? Uh, you know, how how wide-eyed am I here to recognize if I'm getting back into the same thing, kind of leaping from the frying pan to the fire? That was sometimes a hard conversation to have with yourself. But I knew I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to go back into a toxic, unhealthy situation. So I had to really keep myself uh, accountable. And I really had to check my heart to know that I wasn't just falling into something that felt good, but I was falling into something that was real and what I really wanted. What's funny about Matt is that he really isn't the the person I would have thought I would end up with. He is the person that I know I was meant to find, but it isn't always in the package I thought I was going to get. Um, I don't really know what I thought that package was going to be. I think probably someone who is more like me, but Matt's not. We have so much in common, don't get me wrong, but we definitely approach things from different sides and different angles. But I have found what a blessing that is. And I have found that I need that person to balance me out. But I remember early in our relationship when I kind of started recognizing that things were getting serious and, you know, there was that moment of, am I going to be okay going into this serious relationship or do I want to pull out? Um, I remember kind of running through my mind, like, what did I have before that didn't work? What was the thing that wasn't good for me and how is it different here or is it different here? And really that tough conversation with myself needed to happen. But it also meant that I had to trust myself in that because it was me. No one else had to make the decision. No one else was going to uh, say anything if it wasn't. Like it was me, me and only me that was making this choice, that was making this commitment to this other person. Uh, and so I had to be really trustful in my own heart, in my own mind, in my own self being. And sometimes that's a really scary place to be because I don't know about you, but I can lie to myself better than I can lie to anybody else. I can convince myself of one thing and it'd be completely different. And I didn't want to do that here. I really wanted to be honest and truthful with myself. Uh, and that took just time. And sometimes we don't want that as the answer. We don't want to know that time heals all wounds. We just want to heal. We don't want to hear that time, you know, is what builds trust and builds um, kind of that forgetfulness of how bad things hurt before. And, you know, time allows us to have perspective and clarity of how things can be better. Time sometimes is what we don't want, but it sometimes is the most important thing we can have. And so when it comes to relearning to trust, I feel like we first have to trust ourselves. 
to say, I can walk through this and I can spot the, the warning signs and the red flags. Because a lot of times we have doubt. We doubt that we will catch that and we'll find ourselves back in a situation we don't want to be in. Whether that's financially and relationships and our health, you know, we're just like, man, can I, can I spot this again? I don't, I don't want to end up back in this bad spot. Am I going to find a way to catch myself before I end up here? And we can have a lot of self-doubt. We can feel like we can't trust ourselves. So moving slowly, day by day, taking time, it does allow you to spot those red flags. It does allow you to see those warning signs. And as you continue to flush that wound and be true in your heart and your thoughts and your mind, you're going to be able to have more awareness of what you want, how you want it, what means good to you, what means bad to you, what's a go green light, what's a stop red light for you. And you just have to move ahead. I say a lot uh, in the business world, but this applies here too, that clarity comes from action, not by standing still. And so we learn to build trust the more we step out on it. So choosing to just stand still and hide in your corner until you feel like it's safe to come out, that doesn't build trust. You have to move forward. You have to take those initial steps. And the more you do, the more trust you get to take the next step and the next step and the next step. So you, you got to move forward, but you don't have to run in a sprint. You can take it step by step by step. I also think the thing that can help us when it comes to trust is really clear, open communication with the other person. Matt and I have to have this often. We have to really share how we feel. And sometimes I have to tell him, I'm sorry, I feel this way because of this past experience, or I am reacting from this past experience and the emotion of that. And I'm sorry, that's not fair. Uh, and sometimes it's calling each other out like that. Sometimes it's just being super open to say, I am feeling this way. I am scared of this. This doesn't feel good to me. I need to know more of this from you. I need to see this from you in order to feel safe or to have trust or, you know, to be able to create more trust. We've had that conversation when it comes to, you know, what we do online, what we do at work, people we know, people we meet, um, that there's open communication about what we're doing, who we're talking to, uh, what's going on kind of behind the scenes, because we want trust with each other, that we're not worried that we're off meeting somebody we shouldn't be meeting and doing something we shouldn't be doing. But that only happens because we talk about that stuff and we put it out on the table. Both of us have a fear of being uh, mistreated, um, even I mean, I have an infidelity issue in my past. I'm afraid I don't want someone to treat me that way again, to feel like they can take my vows for granted or uh, be dishonest or disloyal to me. And so with Matt, I don't think he would ever do that. But, and I realize he's a different person, but that doesn't always just wipe the fear away and wipe the mistrust out. It requires some communication. And we've talked about that. We've talked about just, here's what I need from you. And sometimes that gets less over time because we build trust in place of fear. Um, but sometimes something comes back and just like rears its ugly head and you have to address it again. You have to slay the monster again and come at that with communication and openness with the person that's involved. That's one of the things that's really helped us move past our past is being really open about it. And talking through the emotions and the uh, behaviors that get triggered from our past. 
So I don't believe that we can tackle all of our trust issues in one podcast episode, (laughs) but my hope in talking about this today is that you'll become aware of where you might be having trust issues. Where does trust become a slippery slippery slope for you? Uh, Where does trust become shaky ground? That you would become aware of those wounds that just have scabbed over but haven't really healed. And then from that, you are encouraged by this, that one, you're not alone. We all have those things. We all deal with those things. And maybe different circumstances, you know, maybe it's shaded a different color, but we all feel the feels. We all know the feeling of mistrust and being hurt and dealing with that. So be encouraged by that first, but also be encouraged that the work to heal is worth the work. The work to move past that trust issue or to lessen that is worth the work. It won't be easy, but it is worth it. And then the third thing I hope you hear in this episode is that it's okay to get help, to look outside yourself for someone to talk to, someone to lean on, someone to give you some resources and some practical tools or to be a listening ear to help you work through these things. It's okay to have that. And you might actually find that the healing is more certain and maybe even a little faster because you have those things outside of you that are helping you. So that's it. That's the stuff I want you to walk away with today. I want you to know that we all deal with trust problems, whether you've been through a divorce or not, whether you've lived a rosy rainbow unicorn life or you've lived in the pit, regardless of where you are on that scale, we all know what it feels like. We know what it's like to break someone's trust and we know what it feels like to have our trust broken, but it doesn't have to stay that way. You can have healing. You can move on from that. It might look a little different. Things might need to take some time, but it is possible. And the reward that waits for you on the other side of healing, oh man, super golden. I told you about knowing the times in my life where I've broken that trust as a kid with my parents. I remember doing that even as an adult and that was really hard to heal from. I bet it was even more hard for them to heal from it. Uh, But we have, we have, we've healed. And now I feel like our relationship is in a great place. It, It can still grow. It can still improve. It can still be better, but I feel like it's in a good place and I wouldn't trade that for the world. So while some of those um, flushing moments and those healing moments were, were hurtful were painful, it's worth it. So don't put your head in the sand. Look through the skeletons in your closet. Look in those corners of your heart. Where's their trust that needs to be repaired? And know that it can be repaired. Have hope that you can heal and you can move on. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. I hope it really was encouraging for you. It's always my goal to encourage, empower, and inspire you to live a different life, just a little bit better than yesterday. We don't have to conquer the world in 30 minutes or less, and we don't have to change everything in one day. But if we can make one small change today, a little bit better than yesterday, over time, we're going to have a life we look back on with excitement and passion, and we'll feel proud of what we've really done and what our lives have really meant. If you think, man, I need more of this, 
This has been a great conversation, but with all that 2020 has thrown at me, I am in desperate need of some revival. I need some refreshing. I need some renewal because all of this has just sucked the life out of me. Let me first tell you, I hear you. It has been a crazy year and so much that's been in front of us has been negative and hard. Yeah, it's totally sucked the life out of me. So maybe you need to revive a bit. In fact, maybe you should join us for our virtual women's conference, our women's summit that's going to be taking place in August. It's a virtual event that you can sign up for at christybrowning.com slash revive. There you're going to find uh, seven different workshops that are going to take place that day. And we're going to talk about all the aspects of life that you might need reviving in, such as reviving your finances and getting hope in relationships and having the the attitude of perseverance and reviving your wellness, taking care of yourself, all things that us gals really, really need help on. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interactive. It's going to be a blast. And so you want to go check it out and get registered for it. ChristyBrowning.com slash revive. And don't worry if you can't attend live, we got you covered. We're going to provide all of the workshops uh, afterwards. They'll be recorded. You'll get them all after the event and you can watch them at any time. You'll have lifetime access to the recordings. So even come December, if you need an extra little boost to your sales, we'll just pop in one of those workshops and re-listen and relearn and get your sales full again to just face whatever's ahead of you. It's going to be great. We'd love to have you join us and we'd love for you to invite a friend or two. So christybrowning.com slash revive or look for the link in the show notes.